For the nearly 1 million people in the United States with MS, living with the debilitating symptoms like vision and mobility problems can be challenging. But the good news is that we, as clinicians, have access to treatment options that can help with these symptoms, which is why today we're going to take a look at the current landscape and what we may be able to use in clinical practice in the future. Welcome to NeuroFrontiers on ReachMD. I'm Dr. David Wiseman, and joining me to discuss the disease state of multiple sclerosis, as well as key management strategies, is Dr. Adil Javed a board-certified neurologist and an associate professor of neurology at the University of Chicago. Dr. Javed, welcome to the program. Thank you so much for having me, David. So you worked hard, and after residency, you went off and you did MS, and that has become your absolute passion. Every time I talk to you, I learn something new. Why has MS been so successful? There are tons of medications. Why is this? So I think it's all the research that has gone into multiple sclerosis. I remember, as you recall, looking at MS patients when we were residents, and that was in 2000 to 2004, and we only had a handful of medications at that time. But since 2004, after graduation, and that decade afterwards, there was a lot of research done in terms of the mechanism responsible for inflammation and the mechanisms responsible for neurodegeneration. And we are very good at looking at the inflammation, the early multiple sclerosis where the inflammation is more predominant. And there were a lot of drugs that came out from that research, looking at the early inflammation and looking at the targets. And those targets were basically the monoclonal antibodies, the B cells and the and some of their products and also some of the adhesion molecules, how the immune cells went into the brain across the blood-brain barrier and caused some damage. And again, I'd like to stress that this was all inflammatory damage. So with those targets in mind and with the drugs that looked at those targets and sort of modified their response, and I think that's where the plethora of medicines came out in the ensuing decade from 2004 onwards into well into 2015 and even now. So, so I think it's a research, known targets, and funding from pharmaceuticals or the agencies, and that really led the way to having almost 15 drugs for multiple sclerosis. We are very good at treating early MS. And also the clinical trials, just about every other year, we have a clinical trial that is unfolding its results early on in the disease process. These trials are highly successful, but we still struggle with the neurodegenerative part of multiple sclerosis that is a progressive MS. So I think it's just a research and knowing the targets that has led to the plethora of uh, medicines and MS, and, and it's, which is very good for the patients. And your role in this has been you're an imaging person, but also a clinician. And tell me more about your role within this MS research. So after residency, you know, I was interested in multiple sclerosis. So I did a fellowship for two years at the University of Chicago. And my fellowship was funded by the National Multiple Sclerosis Society, specifically a grant called the Sylvia Laurie Fellowship, which is essentially a fellowship that takes young physicians and educates them into how clinical trials are done, essentially. And at the end of those two years, I was hired by the University of Chicago to lead their clinical trials program. So in, in addition to being a clinician, having that training of what MS is, doing 
purely multiple sclerosis for two years, day in and day out, looking at the clinical trials, looking at research papers. And my job was to, you know, broaden that clinical trial program at the University of Chicago. And then I also had research interests. So, you know, in specifically translational research interests, meaning that you have patients and is there something we can learn from those patients? So I figured that one of the unmet needs was looking at the imaging in terms of brain atrophy and also microstructural damage that can be picked up by unconventional MRI techniques called diffusion tensor imaging. And so I took that as a unmet area that needs to be investigated. And so we published some papers later on on that. So really, my role is clinician, first and foremost, looking at patients and, and helping them through their disease. My role is a clinical trialist to enroll them into appropriate clinical trials and an a investigator into unmet needs in terms of imaging and translational research to see where I can contribute to ongoing knowledge and, and further it. So the field has exploded and we're dealing with like an abundance of riches here. We have so many medications. So when you're sitting down with a patient, you know, patient facing, how does that go? What is your general approach to dealing with any MS situation? I think every patient is unique in terms of multiple sclerosis. Multiple sclerosis is very variable among the case-to-case or patient that walks in your door. And I think you've seen that also in your practice. And patient comes in with various sort of ailments, symptoms. And so each, I, I would like to stress that each case is very individual. So, you know, based on where the lesions are in the brain or spine, patients have different set of uh, symptomology. So there's a heterogeneity in presentation and also how patients perceive that uh, sort of symptomology. So when, when I see a patient, you know, I categorize them into risk, where they are, how much disease burden in terms of MRI they have in their neuroaxis, brain and spine, what their physical disability is, what their cognitive disability is. And based on that, there are two sort of sets of, you know, treatment plans. One is obviously for the multiple sclerosis, the autoimmune disease. And that autoimmune disease, what I do realize that it's different along the continuum of progression. Early patients with multiple sclerosis have inflammatory disease. Later patients have progressive disease. So one shoe doesn't fit all sort of sizes in terms of progression of the disease over time. So you have to decide like which therapy to choose in terms of controlling their multiple sclerosis. Is the MS been ongoing for 20 years? Is the patient in a wheelchair or is the patient walking in and has very, very low disability? And the other side is the set of symptomology, bowel, bladder, spasticity, pain, cognition. And those are the set of medications and rehab things we talk about. So it's a long visit nonetheless. And it takes quite a bit of effort to address on multiple visits several of the dynamics of the MS disease. What do you think are the unmet needs here? You sort of alluded to the progressive folks. How can we help those people better? So that is the main problem we have with the progressive multiple sclerosis patients, that there are no good treatments in terms of medications. We know that the immune system changes over time. You have mostly the inflammatory macrophage and B cells and T cell adaptive immunity plays a very important role early on, I would say, in first five to 10 years of multiple sclerosis. And after that, you have the progressive multiple sclerosis, which the the immune milieu has changed from a 
adaptive and macrophagic inflammation to actually uh, microglial and astrocytic inflammation. And we don't have good targets. We've looked at the medications we have currently for inflammatory stage of the multiple sclerosis, and it just simply doesn't work. And many trials have failed in progressive multiple sclerosis. So the unmet need is to identify the immune milieu and targets in the progressive stage of multiple sclerosis, number one. Number two, to see what type of medications would work. Clinically, I think what we do with patients in terms of addressing progressive needs are mostly rehab and management of their various symptoms in terms of spasticity, pain, cognition, and bowel bladder issues. So clinical management is mostly symptomatic treatment, more so than I can think of any specific drug that would significantly help them. For those just tuning in, you're listening to NeuroFrontiers on ReachMD. I'm Dr. David Wiseman, and I'm speaking to Dr. Adil Javed about multiple sclerosis. In 10 years, do you think we're going to have better disease-modifying therapies for progressive disease based on these targets in the secondary progressive phase? I really think so, David. I think from the research we have seen and the clinical trials we're doing, um, and, and there are a couple of drugs that are in phase three trials, and the reason they go into phase three is because phase two was somewhat successful. So I think in the next 10 years, um, we are sort of edging towards more and more from phase one to phase two to phase three. So there are several trials that are in phase two going on to phase three, and that is a comfort because I know that when you see a phase three trial in progressive MS, there is some inkling or some decent idea from phase two that that there is some success. Do you think MS will ever have a cure as defined by a single therapy that will arrest the disease? So the issue is that the cause of MS is still largely unknown, and the target of multiple sclerosis is largely unknown. There are diseases that have specific targets like NMO, neuromyelitis optica, the aquaporin-4, and as you know, that there are great advances in curtailing the relapses and, and i.e., getting closer to the cure. But a cure is, you know, in my opinion, you know, maybe a target or two or three, and that's the problem in multiple sclerosis because we don't know how the disease starts. The disease is already bad. It's already started by the time the person walks in the room, because when the person walks in the room with the ailment, say optic neuritis or transversalitis, you look at the MRI and there's about 50 lesions. So the disease has been ongoing for years in quite a few of these patients, and there's brain atrophy. Even after the first attack of multiple sclerosis, you can see evidence of brain atrophy. So the problem is we don't know the target. We don't know when the disease really starts, and, and hence the problem. And the targets are multitude, and the targets change in early MS versus progressive MS. So and here lies the problem. So I think that as we gain understanding of these targets that are involved in progressive MS, and I think we will edge towards better management and hopefully cure in the future, but I don't see in the 10 years ahead, I think we'll be better at treating progressive MS, but I'm not sure if the cure is something I would use. Well, there's been an intriguing look at MS and what we can expect to see in terms of future treatment options. I want to thank my guest, Dr. Gil Javed, for joining me in the discussion. Dr. Javed, it was great having you on the program. Thank you. I'm Dr. David Wiseman. To access this and other episodes in our series, visit reachmd.com slash neurofrontiers, where you can be part of the knowledge. Thanks for listening.